The Adventures of the Diamond Necklace by G. F. Forrest Originally from Misfits, a book of parodies, 1905 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Dale Grothman The Adventure of the Diamond Necklace by G. F. Forrest As I pushed open the door, I was greeted by the strains of a ravishing melody. Warlock Bones was playing dreamily on the accordion, and his keen, clear-cut face was almost hidden from view by the dense smoke-wreaths which curled upward from an exceedingly filthy briarwood pipe. As soon as he saw me, he drew a final choking sob from the instrument, and rose to his feet with a smile of welcome. "'Ah, good morning, Goswell,' he said cheerily. "'But why do you press your trousers under the bed?' It was true, quite true. This extraordinary observer, the terror of every cowering criminal, the greatest thinker that the world has ever known, had ruthlessly laid bare the secret of my life. Ah, it was true. But how do you know? I asked in a stupor of amazement. He smiled at my discomfiture. I have made a special study of trousers, he answered, and of beds. I am rarely deceived. But setting that knowledge for the moment on one side, have you forgotten the few days I spent with you three months ago? I saw you do it then. He could never cease to amaze me, this lynx-eyed sleuth of crime. I could never master the marvelous simplicity of his methods. I could only wonder and admire, a privilege for which I can never be sufficiently grateful. I seated myself on the floor and, embracing his left knee with both my arms in an ecstasy of passionate adoration gazed up inquiringly into his intellectual countenance he rolled up his sleeve and exposed his thin nervous arm injected half a pint of prussic acid with incredible rapidity this operation finished he glanced at the clock in twenty-three or twenty-four minutes he observed a man will probably call to see me he has a wife, two children, and three false teeth, one of which is very shortly to be renewed. He is a successful stockbroker of about forty-seven, wears jaguars, and is an enthusiastic patron of missing word competitors. How do you know all this? I interrupted, breathlessly tapping my tibia with fond impatience. Bones smiled his inscrutable smile. He will come, he continued, to ask my advice about some jewels which were stolen from his house at Richmond last Thursday week. Among them was a diamond necklace of quite exceptional value. Explain, I cried in rapturous admiration. 
Please explain. My dear Goswell, he laughed, you are really very dense. Will you never learn my methods? The man is a personal friend of mine. I met him yesterday in the city, and he asked to come and talk over his loss with me this morning. Voila tout. Deduction, my dear Goswell, mere deduction. But the jewels, are the police on the track? Very much off it. Really, our police are the veriest bunglers. They have already arrested twenty-seven perfectly harmless and unoffending persons, including a dowager duchess, who is still prostrate with the shock. And, unless I am very much mistaken, they will arrest my friend's wife this afternoon. She was in Moscow at the time of the robbery, but that, of course, is of little consequence to these amiable dolts. And have you any clue to the whereabouts of the jewels? A fairly good one, he answered. So good, in fact, that I can at this present moment lay my hands upon them. It is a very simple case, one of the simplest I have ever had to deal with, and yet in its way a strange one, presenting several difficulties to the average observer. The motive of the robbery is a little puzzling. The thief appears to have been actuated not by the ordinary greed of gain, so much as an intense love of self-advertisement. I can hardly imagine, I said with some surprise, a burglar, the burglar, wishing to advertise his exploits to the world? True, Goswell. You show your usual common sense. But you have not the imagination without which a detective can do nothing. Your position is that of those energetic, if somewhat beef-witted enthusiasts, the police. They are frankly puzzled by the whole affair. To me, personally, the case is as clear as daylight. That I can understand, I murmured, with a reverent pat on his shin. The actual thief, he continued, for various reasons, I am unwilling to produce. But upon the jewels, as I said just now, I can lay my hands at any moment. Look here. He disentangled himself from my embrace and walked to a patent safe in the corner of the room. From this he extracted a large jewel case, and, opening it, disclosed a set of the most superb diamonds. In the midst a magnificent necklace winked and flashed in the wintry sunlight. The sight took my breath away, and for a time I groveled in speechless admiration before him. But, but how, I stammered at last, and stopped, for he was regarding my confusion with evident amusement. I stole them, said Warlock Bones. The End of The Adventure of the Diamond Necklace by G. F. Forrest